Welcome to the Growth Lab. I am Tej Singh, personal growth enthusiast, world traveler, sales professional on a spiritual journey to live my highest expression. This podcast is meant for individuals looking to evolve in all aspects of their lives. I interview leaders and coaches that have a passion to grow beyond the status quo and expand into their highest potential. Let's dive into it as we help you get 1% better with every episode. I'm excited to announce our guest for episode nine, Joris Wendurslayer. Joris is from Ghent, Belgium. Professionally, Joris is the founder and life coach at Unleashing a Potential, a coaching company teaching critical life skills through experience. His deep-rooted passion is to build a world where people know who they are, what they truly want, and feel the trust to express it. Prior to this, Joris has worked in marketing for both Google and Procter & Gamble. Also, Joris spent four years traveling around the world with the nonprofit Up With People, where they inspire young people to be leaders of social change. And also, he's in the organizing committee for TEDx Ghent in Belgium. Personally, Joris and I met in a unique way in a Buddhist forest monastery in North Thailand, and also Bali a couple of years ago. We unpacked this in today's episode, along with Joris's journey leaving Google and starting his own coaching business, how Joris's path led him to explore the spiritual energy in him, along with the physical, mental, and emotional, what he's up to nowadays. Also, we catch up on that. Uh, This was truly an awesome episode, reconnecting with a friend who I met in a unique way. I'm excited for you guys to listen in to Joris's story. Joris, welcome to the Growth Lab. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Good being here. Yeah, glad glad to have you. It's uh, it's been a while since we since we last spoke. It's interesting as I reflect back, um, two years now. Has it been? Is two about two and a half years? Mm-hmm. Um, so George and I actually met in a forest monastery in Thailand, uh, which is a which is an interesting story in itself. Um, and him and I became friends off of that, and you know we we actually met up again in in Bali. Um, so George, let's start there. So that in itself, it's a it's an interesting story. So perhaps you can you know fill us in on how you got there in the first place, right? I'm sure you know I had my own individual story of how I ended up in a forest monastery in Thailand. Uh, but but we'd love to, yeah, we'd love to hear how you ended up there. And I know you know you were uh, you know you were up to some cool things prior, uh, and then there were some things that happened that. Um, you know, inspired you to, to go to Thailand. And you mentioned you were in a, in a Kung Fu uh, retreat as well. So there's a lot of interesting things in Thailand, but yeah, fill, fill us in to that point and then we can, we can carry on from there. Uh, yeah, uh, indeed. Like the journey to the monastery, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is a fascinating, uh, it's just a fascinating question because there's so many moments that led to that moment that we met. Yeah. Um, so, um, well, uh, I would start with like I in all of my life like I've always been this like a curious uh, little kid uh, and uh, always a question asker always uh, curious about life and uh, it's kind of led me to traveling and to nonprofit work and business world work and just I wanted to see it all uh, but at some point it led me to like, okay, uh, 
what's the place that asks the most questions and like what's the most curious place I can imagine and what, what would be like just something that touches upon the world and I had this like grand goal of, of working for Google and uh, and eventually like um, I got this amazing opportunity to run an educational program for them and it was like a dream come true that I got to work there and uh, and I remember in like week one when I was uh, when I was meeting with the, the general manager of, uh, of Belgium he was like all right so you so you worked in the business world before he's like forget all of that and he's <laughs> like uh, if you think uh, you'll like get a compliment like if next year your um, your numbers are like 20 or 30 percent better like yeah forget it like that's not how i want you to think here like um how i want you to think is next year you're gonna present me what you did and you're gonna show me like it's not like 20 percent better it's not 30 percent. no it's like 10 times as much and he's like and even if it's not 10 times, at least I want to see that you've done everything in your power to make that true. And he says, because then like the unimaginable, like suddenly becomes possible. And, uh, and it was like this beautiful quote and like think bigger. And, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I like got to my desk and I was like, <gasps> Like, how do I do this? And like for months, I really like struggled with that question because I was really curious about it. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm here to like do this. And, uh, and then like, I, I needed to like remove all this system thinking within me to, to make that happen. Um, but it didn't just stay with my work world. Like at some point that question trickled into my like personal world as well. And I was like, how do I really like think like just completely out of the box like 10 times and like what what are those dreams mm. um, so at some point I was like it started working like work-wise and uh, I was loving it but then I suddenly started realizing yeah but is this really what I want to do like do I want to be creating all of these things but on behalf of someone else or do I want to create a vision that truly resonates with my core being and and that was really like those fundamental questions of like i always loved educational programs but not i didn't want to do them long term on like digital programs no i wanted to do like how are we as people like who am i truly like what are those questions that are living inside of me and like what shapes us as human beings and in our foundation and and I started with asking me these questions, but then I was like, well, there's something much bigger needed. Like, how can this translate into something for the world? And it started on this whole journey aside, outside of my work environment. And uh, together with my girlfriend, we, we just started like, organ like at one point we organized a weekend, we called it Amazing People Weekends. And uh, we invited like, of the great people that we had met throughout the years people from 10 different countries came for like one weekend and like when we invited them we we didn't know what we were going to do we just said 
this will be amazing. Like, it's all amazing people, that's why you should come. And, uh, and people were just honored that we called them amazing. And then they were like, ah, oh, wow, uh, then I'm coming. And, uh, <laughs> um, and in that weekend, like something was stirred within me because it like, it brought like all of the people that I adored like together in one space and we started dreaming together. And there was this last workshop where we really were like, okay, what if we take what we created this weekend, but now like pull it bigger. And, um, and then it was like, okay, let's create an organization plus one unleashing potential, like where we each time invite people and, and you each time invite one additional person. And from that, like we started this whole network of events of workshops that were really like about like, how do you follow your intuition? How do you dare to dream big? Like, how do you, uh, get in touch with your vulnerability and it was all of these themes and like people were coming to them and it was just so beautiful to see what was taking place there that at some point we were like well we we just need to do something with this and then at some point like my girlfriend and I sat together and we were like okay I like I had like we together we had already traveled four years with a nonprofit, but then like it was like what if we would now start traveling but not on behalf of someone else but for ourselves and start looking for these questions like how have people throughout the world answered the question of like who am i what do i truly want from life how do you how do you really get to your core and uh, and it's from those questions that we were like okay I need to quit Google. And it was like a huge, like, it was like, uh, it, it came with so many fears and like, it was like this golden cage and like leaving it because it was so like everything was like to the, the outside world was like, come on, like you have such a great job. And like, like it, it seemed so perfect. And yet deep down within, I knew there was, there was more. And from that, uh, we left on this journey and, uh, and it led us to all of these different places. And then at some point, Summer and I were like, okay, we also need to do some part of this journey alone uh, because we were doing too much. And if you do too much in, in tandem with each other as a, as a partner and business and love and friends and like all of it, like, it, yeah. it's a, like it, it became impossible. We love each other, but then you start mirroring and triggering each other completely. And then we are like, okay, we each need like a couple of weeks of traveling on our own and then come back together. And then I chose to go to Thailand uh, yeah. as my first destination. I was like, great backpacker country. And I found this video on YouTube of this Kung Fu retreat. And I was like, some, uh, something that was guiding me um, is always like, um, I think there's like four energies, like the mental energy, the physical energy, the emotional energy and the spiritual energy. And I was really looking at like, which of these energies do I have a lot in my life? The mental, I had way too much in, in, in my life. And, and where do I not easily go to? And I was noticing that like the physical, like really like just just imagine like kung fu like going like extreme full out like it was completely not who i am i'm like also not violent 
in whatsoever. Um, and then I was like, I saw this video, it was beautiful. And I was like, I don't know what else, I'm just gonna do this and we'll see what the rest gives. So I, I ended up two weeks in Thailand for Kung Fu retreats. And, um, and there like, then I didn't know what to do next. And then someone at one point at a dinner was like, it was on like three days before I needed to leave there. It's like, have you ever heard of the forest monastery? And I was like, oh, forest monastery. This is like <laughs> just those two words. Like they seemed like a dream come true. And I was like, this is the place I need to go. I don't know what it is. I need to go there. And then uh, that's how I ended up at the forest monastery. And I was like, oh, like just like, just a week of like complete, like going within, living with Buddhist monks within nature. And, uh, and it was everything I dreamed of and, and more. And then, uh, and then at some point, like I, I like got this little hut for me, which was crazy that like, uh, it just happened to be not too busy. And we like, it was a little hut. I mean, it was the word bed, but because you just slept on wood. Uh, but I had this beautiful porch this little terrace and then when I looked to my right who was there you I saw your face like your smiling face every day and in the beginning we didn't talk because it was a vipassana uh, yeah. but, but the beautiful thing with this monastery is that they took it a little lighter and that when you consciously chose to talk you could hmm. and then at some point we we both like felt like this is the moment yeah i don't know what it was but then we had this amazing conversation and yeah we've known each other ever since yeah that that's that's beautiful joris thank you for walking through that because i think some elements of that i didn't know and like some, ah. some some pieces of that i okay I didn't know. So, so thanks for bringing that in and it's it's beautiful because you know in the episodes that i've done thus far with mm. the individuals that i've met and in, in some cases you you know you do attract people that are on similar journeys right so it's like mm. reflective of that a lot of people that have been on my podcast that uh, ha I have met along the path reflect a similar journey to mine right and obviously different circumstances and different situation different part of the world uh, but at the but at the same time it's beautiful to hear that that journey where you got to your dream job and I had a similar kind of breakthrough where I got what I really wanted from the outside looking in it was exactly the thing that I that I wanted and it was the perfect thing. But then I felt the the most empty when I had the thing that I wanted the most. Right. And it's like a, a polarity in that, right? Because mm -hmm. you you get it, but then but those moments are the best moments for things to to unpack. Um, mm -hmm. but I love that, right? So you 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 know, you got to Google and then from there you said, Now I need to explore who am I really? Because there's is this really the I think the quote that you used was you know, do I really want to envision, a, uh, do I want to bring something into life that's true to my being or just something that I think is right? And so mm -hmm. I, I, I love that part of it as well. Uh, and then you creating the amazing people weekend and that inspired you to go on a traveling trip with your girlfriend and, you know, all of the things that transpired from there. And I love the, the piece that you brought about the different energies that you focus on, mental mm -hmm. energy, physical energy, emotional energy, and spiritual energy. So I think there's a lot to unpack there, right? We can kind of dig, it, <laughs> dig into each one of those. And then, you know, the, the Kung Fu retreat and then the monastery, right? There's, there's so much to unpack. So maybe we, we kind of go in that sequence of talking about that four, four energies that you mentioned. You know, how, how were Absolutely. you able to discern those four different energies and how do, you, um, how do you look at them and how do you work towards each one? 
Mm. Uh, can I explain them with a metaphor that I yeah. like? Because uh, uh, I love like, uh, like because for me it was such a breakthrough. Um, um, it's we are exactly like this planet, um, and uh, and if you look at this Earth, like we all can see like hey there's quite some things stirring in this earth uh, especially like climate wise environment and for years and years like we have used so many of the natural resources and they've just some have dried up and it's created uh, shifts within nature and um, certain gases have elevated and like all of these effects have started shaping like Volcano eruptions, storms, floods, all of this. And we are exactly like this planet. I, I love looking at energy like this. And for me, like it's good compass in my life is also I have a couple of resources available, a couple of energies. And um, like the, the mental energy is, uh, is one that I like used to be in a lot and I, I still think I gravitate towards it especially I also see it uh, a lot in our western world that it's so easy to gravitate uh, towards it and um, it's all of the it's all of the thinking uh, that we do and, um, and we can do it in multiple ways and we can reflect on the past and keep like putting it in our thoughts or looking forward to the future and uh, we start controlling from there and a huge effect of that mental staying in that mental energy is that just a lot of doubt is created like when we start doubting each other it's often a sign that we're so much in that mental energy or that we keep uh, living in assumptions because we keep going over the past and we keep expending energy because like, oh, like what happened and could I have done this or could I have done that or oh, living uh, within this piece of like, oh, how was it in the past? How was it in the future? And that, that's like this mental that we go into so easily. It's a lot of the comparison starts there. And, uh, and then I was like, ah, you can get like dried up in that energy. If you're all the time in that, like, like, why do we have so much burnout? Because a lot of like our mental energy resources start draining. For me, it was so pivotal because it's kind of like having four different fields and then realizing like, oh, I've always been using one field. I've been using the mental fields and I've tried to grow on it and grow on it. But now like the whole ground is just depleted of energy. Nothing can grow anymore. It's not fertile anymore. <laughs> and then this huge realization is like, what if I like just leave that be, that field, that mental field, and go to one of these other three? For example, the physical. It's all the doing in life. And, it, and it's beautiful taking action or, or doing in our physical being or it's the manifesting in our life. But also there I realized like, ah, oh, we can also go in too much. Like when we go into like, oh, I need to do this and I need to do that. Instead of like, oh, I want to do this. It becomes, I need to do this. I need to do that. And it becomes this chore to do list that we get like stuck in. So this realization happens like, ah, oh, okay. I can get out of the mental energy by doing something physical. Like sporting really helps me 
but also there, if I go too much in extreme, it becomes, I need to do this. So also there, I can get stuck between the mental and the physical. Then I was like, ah, because then I have other two energies. And then I was like, ah, the emotional. Emotion is like energy in motion. And when I heard that word for the first, like, first time explained like that, energy in motion, like something clicked. I was like, ah, ah, like actually, Emotions are just two things. It's like our body contracting or expanding, like anger, our body's contracting, or joy, like our body's expanding. And, uh, and that's like constantly like what is happening in our body. It's going like in or outward movements. And uh, for me, then it was interesting to realize like, ah, if I don't express my emotions, and I often didn't express my emotions, then they get stuck. So I need emotional release. And then I started discovering all of these techniques for emotional release and like what can help you in like letting it out because it's energy in motion. It needs to keep on moving. Otherwise it gets stuck. Um, but then also there's an extreme, like if you get on the emotional roller coaster, um, you can let like emotion guide you everywhere. For me, it was more that I got stuck, that I didn't release my emotion, but both extremes can take place. And then the last one for me to discover was the spiritual one. And I realized, especially before the trip, that I hadn't done much work on the spiritual yet. Like there was this notion of it, but someone explained to me like, what is spiritual? It's not all the religious constructs. No, that's not what it is. Like spiritual is actually us realizing that we're part of nature of this bigger universe that we're like part of the ecosystem we forget that when we're in our home like away from nature we sometimes forget that connection but it's asking that question like who am i and what's my role and place in this world and uh, and that's really what i came to do at the monastery i was like buddhism had called me in an earlier trip like uh, it, it very much resonated because it's about finding your own truth within. So that really resonated because I love learning through experience. Um, and then I'd done the Kung Fu, like very something very physical. And then I was like, okay, now I need something to just really like dive deep within. Um, and, um, and it felt like that just felt right and when I came there like instead of like a couple of days I stayed two weeks just because it was so good for me um finally to like listen to the voices within and then also see them disappear and just learn those profound lessons of like everything in life comes and goes and but it's one thing to say that on a mental level and you can read so many spiritual books and then you're still on the <laughs> mental level. Yeah. But it's something completely different to like take the time and really like sink into the experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's, it, it's such a big difference. And I love that mm. you, you bring those energies up because it gives a good structure, um, mm. you know, for, for the discussion and also for, um, you know, for, for when you're investigating personal growth and you're Absolutely. saying, where do I want to focus? You can use that structure. And I, you know, I, I really resonate with the way you view it because that's, that's been uh, in resonance with me too. So when I'm focusing and, and all those elements are important, right? You have to work on each one to find the perfect balance, right? And it, it, in some cases you have to see what 
who gives priority and what in a hierarchy what's the highest right and i would say you know spiritual being on top and the rest you kind of follow uh is when you kind of lead from that highest place then the others kind of act in service to the to the highest energy in you um yeah, I, 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 like i think it's an interesting that you put it as a hierarchy uh but but I, I would say, like, I, I don't see them as a hierarchy for me, mm -hmm. um, but I would say um, anything that starts with self, like self-development and the mm -hmm. search for self, that does start within the spiritual. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I would say, if, if that's your hierarchy, I, I would say, like it, like, it starts there, but we need them, like, like we need them all. Like, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they're, they are one. Right, they're kind of tied mm. into each other. Um, it, when I say hierarchy, I kind of mean that when everything flows from a pure place within you, when you've identified the spiritual part in you, then your emotions and your thoughts, your mental plane, and your physical body act in service to your spiritual self. That's kind of how I see it in the hierarchy, not as you know, spiritual being separate from the physical, mental, uh, you know, plane mm. or emotional plane, but they being you know just one right we are it mm. <laughs> we are the self yeah. uh, yeah. and, and and you know this, that, that's kind of how i see it but i love that right because you know as, as you kind of talk about part of your journey you can say hey no i was i was really focusing on mental plane here and, and to your point in the western civilization that's really where we focus most of our attentions even in personal growth when you think about personal growth mindset development when you think about the, the sales culture right it's a lot about mindset and just a business culture overall so a lot of focus is given on the mind the mental plane but not so much on maybe the physical as well right that's kind of well known people like to to work out and you know focus on their physical bodies and make sure that's being taken care of and uh, but perhaps the emotional and the spiritual not so much right so i love that that was a bit of your investigation as well you realize mm -hmm. that in your journey um so let's let's go back to the Kung Fu retreat, and then I want to talk about the, the the monastery and some of the takeaways there. How was that for you? I don't think we I don't remember us talking about that too much, but that was kind of the physical plane. But I'm sure that other elements were included in that too. So how was that for you? Um, yeah, like it was, it was very disciplined. This Kung Fu retreat, like we got up, like uh, it was, yeah, like you you were on. It started at 6 a.m. Uh, with like a Qigong practice to like really get like the energy flowing, uh, this, this sequence. And then they had like a, a slower sequence where you were practicing the movements, um, but it, like almost like in slow motion. Um, and it was about every detail, like every finger like was of importance and like how you were standing and, um, and some of the, like the physical components where you actually like got into like uh, the the fighting pieces um, they called it uh, sticky hands uh, that was like one of the exercises where you really needed to like just defend yourself but the other person just really needed to hit you yeah. um, and uh, and I remember that I was like opposite of me was this German guy, almost two meters tall, like broad shoulder and like me, this little, yeah, this little guy. Uh, and, um, and I was like, how will I ever like be able to do this? And, um, and I remember this lesson of the teacher and he was like, 
like it's all about the flow of it and like completely feeling into it and using the energy that is created within the movements and use that so if you have a big guy they he will have the power of strength but then you as a small person have the power of agility and uh and he's like use that like and like when he pushes like a lot of energy will come your way but how can you like receive that energy but like kind of take it all in and then reverse it so that you're just using his own power against him and uh, and it was beautiful to like throughout the week feel that becoming a piece of what i was doing um and uh, it was like these type of lessons that that i started learning and i started seeing like like why like people trained for 20 years in like becoming a kung fu master because they've like thought about it like every single detail like it's a life philosophy so i found it like so thrilling to like really deep dive in it and it's there where i learned that life um when it only is like within the mental like you can hear things and, and you can hear insights and you can be like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, but that doesn't mean that like it's really incorporated in your being. And uh, it really needs to click and become this experience to start being ingrained within you. An experience that you like starts shaping you that like works well or doesn't work well. And, and, and that, that is kind of stored within who you are. And to do that, you cannot just learn a skill like that in one, two, three, go. And uh, it takes time to learn a skill. And if you want to understand life, we need to start seeing life as life skills. And uh, that, like at some point I did a meditation and suddenly all of these like life skills came through. And I was like, how do you like learn the skill of intuition? <laughs> like, yeah. how do you learn the skill of being in a relationship how do you learn like and all of that when you start unraveling it if you start seeing it as a practice like kung fu with all of its details there they work a whole day on just one kick just to get it refined and then life we think like oh i've read one book on relations <laughs> and i need to know this no like we're missing so much of the of the little fine details and uh, like now it seems so short but it was such a monumental like insight for me at the time like it shifted everything from like like in life i'm not i'm not i don't need to tell people like this is how life works like as a coach i don't need to tell them anything no i need to facilitate skills like give them experiences and each at their pace because some people can take a lot in but some need it like oh in small bits and pieces to really get those especially if you've learned if you've learned like how to be in a relationship often we need to unlearn people a lot of skills so that they can relearn something and uh 
And it's that piece of skill building uh, that, that was shaped there. And, uh, and I took it with me. Uh, I think I reflected even more on it because in the two weeks in the monastery came and I, I just had so much time to <laughs> post-reflect uh, the whole experience. Uh, it was beautifully timed together. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, and the, the metaphor that you used in the practice of, of the force and using the force, mm -hmm. that could be, a, you know, I suppose you could take that into life as well, right? Because there's moments in life when you see, feel overwhelmed with a lot coming at you, but how can you turn that into and kind of use that force towards progression, right? Which is, yeah. which, which is beautiful. I love like you use those micro moments to impact the rest of your life. I love that, right? It was like mm. small takeaways, but then that's impacted and that's still to date, you know, two years later, you operate from those principles. Um, and that, that's beautiful. And I think uh, the, the forest Buddhist monastery was like that too, in some ways, right? So how, how was that like coming from the Kung Fu retreat going into that? Cause that's kind of basing off of, you know, the spiritual energy, right? You're kind of looking into that and investigating and, you know, the, the meditation practice that was practiced in this monastery specifically is called Vipassana. Uh, meditation so perhaps talk to that a little bit one you know how was it after the Kung Fu retreat and also what were your takeaways living in a forest monastery with how many maybe 30 monks was it less I'm trying to remember I, I think it could be 30 monks yeah it was 30 monks that lived so this was a practicing Buddhist monastery so what's different about it is that there's monks that practice there and live there 30 monks that wake up every day and this is their life right we were kind of guest uh, in the monastery that we were, they invited us in to be able to participate with them, but that was their life. They woke up in the morning and actually George and I went with the monks. One of the cool things and, uh, <laughs> is, is that monks only eat when, uh, if they're given food, right? They can't uh, cook themselves. They can't buy the food. They can only uh, beg for the food. They can ask mm -hmm. for the food and, and people like to give as a gesture of friendliness and a gesture of um, your spirituality because the monks are an embodiment of Buddha, right? So this is the praise that they're giving to Buddha. Um, so that was, that was an element of it as well. And Joris and I actually went and followed the monks uh, in this journey across the village. And it was so beautiful seeing some of the people that had very, they didn't have much, they lived in small um, you know, small places and they were coming and giving what they had, probably part of their meal to the monks, but it, it showed, um, you know, uh, gratitude and it showed abundance and how they thought about the monks, right? So it was beautiful to be a part of that practice. Uh, I remember that moment distinctly. So I wanted to, to reflect on it and point it out. But for you, you know, how, how was it? And perhaps you can speak to Vipassana just a little bit as well. Um, well, I think it's like, you have many different forms of vipassana. I think that's very important for people to know. And uh, this vipassana, like you have a very strict vipassana and people I think typically know that one if they know vipassana and that's like a 10 day silent retreat where you cannot speak a word. And at first I thought that every vipassana was like this very strict, um, you cannot write, you cannot do yoga, um, it's uh, quite a strict schedule. Um, so I didn't know what I was getting into. I was like, is it this type of vipassana? But then I read like somewhere, like you can also just come for a couple of days. So I already knew it was a little less strict. 
and and then the first day I found out that here the Buddhists, uh, the monks explained like they're explaining and teaching what the method of Vipassana is. And I thought, ah, Vipassana is 10 days in silence, but that is not what Vipassana is. Vipassana is looking within and, um, and they have certain practices that facilitate that process. Um, so also they had a schedule that was every day the same. Um, it was, I don't know what the hours were, but it, I think it was like at five o'clock you get up and you do a meditation on your own. Um, and then at six, you arrive to the meditation hall um, I don't know like if these are correct and I, 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 I there was a morning meditation that you did then there was a breakfast moment there was a pause then there was um, uh, a before noon uh, meditation of two hours then there was uh, at some point there was a lunch I always crave for this lunch so I really remember <laughs> the, the beauty of this lunch I remember it, was, it too yeah and <laughs> uh, um, and uh, and then there was this afternoon uh, kind of like a working uh, that you gave, to, like it's kind of a volunteering, but it's like very conscious work. So even within like how, if you rake leaves, you don't just rake leaves, but it's a mindful moment. It's mindful work. And it's really seen as a practice because and that this really, and then there was also an evening practice with like a chanting as well. Um, but what I really learned is they were teaching us the basic principles so that we can continue in life with just more awareness. Um, so they said, um, we don't talk uh, in, unless the situation calls for it. But then you do it from complete mindfulness. And really consider, and for me, it was like a very big insight to also consider afterwards is how often in my life do I talk? And I could have maybe paused a little longer to just like really reflect on, is this truly what I want to say? Is this truly necessary? And it was this that they brought to this Vipassana is like, you can wear a badge that says you, you're silent, so you can choose to be silent. But if you feel called, you can also talk. But if you do it, do it with complete awareness. Um, so in the first days, I also didn't talk at all um, to really like get into just my own like like reflection process and. Um, they did different types, like laying down, sitting, walking meditation. And I really love that they give this variation because it, they each taught me different things. And they taught us uh, to focus on just focusing on like pieces of your body. But then there was other pieces where you could really like reflect on the insights that came through. Um, and just like understanding the difference, this was for me, so insightful because I had no clue how much nuances there were in meditating. And uh, I feel like so often we use this word meditating, but there's so much nuance. And I loved like how 
sometimes the monk would take the first 20 or 30 minutes to really explain an insight of the day. And for me, some of those pieces were so insightful and uh, I, I really take them with me to this day. And, uh, but then it was all about the practice. Mm. And, uh, and I stayed for two weeks because I realized like I needed to practice. Like, <laughs> I, I had no clue. Like, uh, I'm, like my meditation practice has shifted ever since. And there's pieces that clicked throughout that week just because yeah, when do you take two weeks to just be still and there's no distractions? I didn't put my phone on. It was completely gone. And typically I didn't talk, but at some point, uh, spoiler alert, I, I, uh, we did talk. Uh, so, um, and um, but it, yeah, it was just such a profound, beautiful experience. Um, yeah. 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 I, I love that. I love that how you explained it and made it made it easy for the audience to kind of fathom and it is hard to explain right because the the setting was in northern thailand uh mm. in the mountains it was a beautiful setting and i think that contributed to the whole thing because we were in, in nature um and yeah just having the monks there and teaching uh, you know the the lessons and the insights was so important and also i think it was inspiring to see that they were living this way every day and it had been years mm. that they were doing this right so that which was which was amazing to see i, I love some of some of the takeaways that you had and you know what if if i was to kind of call this out like it doesn't have to happen in this way right <laughs> you don't have to go to the forest in thailand to experience the same teachings you can you can you can do it in your own house or you can do it in a setting it's just it's just hard to find that quiet time when you're distracted by so many different things right so it's it's a great channel if you can find a retreat of some kind maybe in your city or in your state a uh, little difficult right now with everything happening with COVID, but uh, but it's so important to do that. And both George and I left that. And I had actually, even prior to the monastery, I had stayed in different spiritual centers at the time. And it was super important because to your point, George, like earlier in the conversation, that was a part of me that I hadn't really investigated or looked into. And I was really good at the mental aspect, just like you said. And I had focused a lot there and I had, you know, and, and I was succeeding from the mental plane. Uh, physical plane also but not so much the emotional or the spiritual so it was a great channel to discover and kind of really look within and, and I remember some micro moments in there that were that were pretty awesome the conversation we had and we just kind of like you know after like a few five six days we started talking about our journeys and what was really important to us and contemplating life and having this deep conversations I think that was definitely intentional and to your point I've taken that into my daily life of saying how can I be intentional about everything that I do and also be very aware, right? And which is difficult. Obviously you don't get it right all the time. It's a work in progress, but just bringing that awareness to everything that you're doing. And that's some of what the Buddhists teach, right? It's, you know, anything that you're doing from eating food to talking is be aware all the way. Don't get lost in the thoughts, right? Which was, mm -hmm. which was beautiful. So now I do see we're, we're coming close to time, but from there, Joris, like when, you know, when we left the monastery, obviously we, um, you know, we, we met up again in Bali uh, and, you know, kind of you, you continue your journey and then I continued mine, but, you know, catch us up on what happened after and what are you up to now? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and there's a lot there, right? <laughs> so I don't, I don't mean to condense yeah, yeah. it into, into a few minutes, but, uh, but, you know, as, as what comes up for you to share uh, in, yeah. in that period. Um, yeah, well, 
after that, like I, I traveled on my own and I thought it was just a crazy way the universe worked that both of us ended up in Bali at the same time together as well. So it was just to like solidify like, okay, this was meant to happen. And uh, Bali was this place where I re-met with my girlfriend and like we could both feel like something had shifted in both of us and it was like such a beautiful way to just refine each other and then Bali is this I would say it has a very feminine energy to it that like mm -hmm. if you put out something in the world it almost like instantly happens I feel like if you yeah. like want to manifest like manifest in Bali because it's you meet like you can meet any person on the street like you go to a lunch place and you'll probably be sitting next to a person that is like already doing the dream that you dreamed of and like one thing after another happened in bali yeah so we stayed there for two months and uh, it was quite um yeah it was quite beautiful to have those two months as well because it's there where like really the seed was planted to and, and nourished for everything that came afterwards. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, I still, we still ended up in India, which is like this crazy surreal experience. And for me, super triggering and, and like India comes with all of that. And after India, like for me, it was good to go home again. Uh, like mm -hmm. it felt really like, and I was surprised we traveled so much and still I was called back to go to Belgium. I was really surprised by that because I thought like, well, now there's so many places I know I can, I can live anywhere. And yet I still found this call to go back to also people I know and not just, no, not just people I know, but probably a culture that I know mm -hmm. and uh, a contribution I can make here. Mm -hmm. And um, I, we moved to Ghent, which is this place, just a beautiful, progressive city uh, in uh, Belgium. Um, we did want to do that. And, uh, and then it started shaping all those lessons we learned on our travels and everything that happened in like the 10 to 15 years before that, like if you accumulate all of that, it started pouring into this program called Unleashing of Potential and it started shaping. And um, we had done along the way some retreats already. So we had, and we had done those workshops, but it was all like very spread out. And, and at some point it just clicked and it started shaping. And there was already a person like when I was in Bali that had responded like, hey, I would love for you to coach me. And, and, and she was also joining to one of our retreats in Nepal and she was like, yeah, but aside from that, like, I would love to do the coaching as well. And I created like a program just for her. And that became the base of the whole program. Like it, it's, it just it kind of flowed. And because certain themes just kept on coming back throughout the travels. And like, if you want to create a program that is about like uh, discovering, like, who am I really? And what do I truly want in life? And how can I, how can I make things move again? How can I stop resisting and start accepting? How can I let go? Like, 
Well, it starts with awareness. And then it, it, the program we started shaping was completely like just a, a self-awareness program that started from uh, which energies do I have and where am I out of balance? Where I, am I, where do I still have places to grow? And within each of those energies, we started um, discovering all of these different experiences that people can have. So we started building those skills that people need in life. And then the program started becoming a skill program because people, ah, you need to learn like, ah, like what is resistance and how can I start detecting that? Ah, that's a, a skill. And how do I learn to accept? Ah, that's a skill. And then the next pad is like, ah, like how people are triggering me and, and it's kind of stirring something within me. Ah, can you recognize that? What's that awareness in that? What is it triggering within you? Because if, you are being triggered, it's saying so much more about what's living within you than it's saying about that other person. And, uh, and for people to realize that, it's a huge shift. But if you, it's one thing to know that, it's a whole different game when we start living that and start unraveling those deeper themes that live within. And from there, like we start detecting like, oh, where do I, go into roles within my life do i adjust to others and 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 like why do i do this why do i adapt and how can i stop unadapting and just being my authentic self and why is that vulnerable and why is vulnerability important and slowly but surely all of these skills uh, start building and like how do i go to that inner child within me how do i how does that affect my relationships how does that uh, lead to changes I want to do in my life. And if you sum that all up, for a lot of people, it's very daunting at the beginning. Those are a lot of big themes. And, uh, and the beauty is like, I mean, that's why we, we started like shaping a program because we were like, okay, people just need to start practicing this. And it started flowing like group programs that we've done or an online platform that we, that we now run. Um, just because, yeah, we feel like the vision now is like, how can we create a, a world that is safe enough where people can feel comfortable enough to just truly be themselves and stand in their power and find the power in their vulnerability and find the power of, of their own truth and living that. Um, and that's like what I'm still like living every day. And I think these times are definitely very challenging. And I, I think it's, if there's so much turbulence in the world, like no better time than ever to go within and learn those skills that we will need in these upcoming years. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I love that you position it as skills, right? Because they mm. can seem daunting, but I, 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 I really appreciate that because then you can really break it down and say, hey, like this is, you know, bring the awareness to where you really need the work and start to work towards it. Right, because we do need and and it's it's a shame that we don't get you know we don't uh, we don't learn these things in school and you know from from society at large because they're not commonplace at this point but they need to be and uh, I appreciate the work you're doing, Joris, and kind of in your uh, you know in your world and in, in Belgium and in your own way, right? Because we need more people to go out there and teach these things so people can become more aware and make the decisions again going back to what we were talking about from an intentional place. 
like from a pure place, they're making decisions and living life in that way rather than uh, going about life just because that's the way they think they should be living life, not because they really want to. Uh, so this this conversation and, and has been amazing. And some of the things you mentioned, I think we can keep talking for hours. <laughs> because, like, you know, the, the, the points that you mentioned about vulnerability and finding it in your childhood, those are such big buckets to go into. And, that, and that, that could be a conversation in itself, right? But we only have a certain amount of time today. Maybe we'll bring you back for a future episode. <laughs> we can start to dig into some of those. Uh, but really, George, it's been so nice connecting with you again. Um, and hearing about what you've been up, what you've been up to since we last met in Bali, it's been two years, and there's been a lot of a lot of things that have changed, and we live in a completely different world now that we did. We probably wouldn't be able to do that back in <laughs> back in uh, back in 2018. Um, but uh, thank you again, I and mean, we appreciate you. Um, if somebody wants to to uh, find you or get in contact with you, both you know in, in your personal in a personal way and also in a professional way, if they want to work with you, where can they find you? Well, first of all, thank you for asking the questions and thank you for doing this. Uh, I, yeah, I love like when people just put into motion like a dream they have and I remember you having this dream. So I, so I, I love that you're putting this podcast into the world. Uh, it's exactly what we need. So thanks for that. Um, uh, if people uh, resonate, uh, if, if something connects with them, um, I think a great place to go is to our like social media places. Um, uh, we're called unleashing of potential, like the potential that's within you. Like how can we like unleash that? So unleashing of potential, and um, that's our Instagram uh, Instagram handle. Um, on YouTube, you can find us. We have some old videos there, but uh, but I think our Instagram is the most up to date, and our Facebook is is very up to date. Uh, it's also unleashingofpotential.com is our website. Um, all of our social media is in English, even if we're located in Belgium. Um, some programs we run in Dutch and some programs we run in English. Um, so that's good to know. Uh, just send a message if, if, if there's any question. Um, and uh, I love when questions come. Um, and, uh, yeah, I... Uh, leave a response i would say um because it's uh, it's about daring to put yourself out there as well um i think if something resonates it's one thing to hear something it's already a next step to do something with it and uh whether it's me or with someone else um i uh, i love people that just take that first step you don't know to what step like that will lead uh, i think that's the the beauty of of a journey yeah yeah, I love that and putting it in practice. And that's why uh, I call this practice growth lab. It's all about experimenting mm. with different modalities and putting things into action rather yeah. than just hearing it. So I love that we end it that way, right? You know, mm. put, take one or two things away from this podcast and try it for yourself and see how it resonates, right? And one thing that was coming up as you were talking, you being in Belgium, and, and we'll end it on this note, is that no matter where you are in the world, right, you being in Belgium and we met, you know, I. I kind of was born in India and I grew up in the States. And so, you know, mostly I lived my life in the United States, but we had so many similarities and we saw life in a similar way and we came up against the same challenge. So, you know, the, the human story is not so different, right? No matter where you are in the world, 
like we're all looking for the same things. We're all looking to evolve ourselves to our highest potential. We want to live with true purpose and with heart and with love. So I, I love that you come on the show and I want to bring on some of the international people that I've met uh, mm. in my travels to kind of share that story because I, that was my big reflection after the trip. I was, I was baffled by how many people I met that have lived a completely different way that reflected to me that they had, they were living very similar stories right, mm. in a completely different part. So, so thank you. But thank you for being, I think you're the first international guest uh, oh, this far. So, so this will be a, a start of many of those people that I've met in my journey. So thank you again, Joris. Appreciate your time. Thank <laughs> you.